0: Like I, I get at least a call a week from
1: sure. somebody
0: that I'm either friends with on Facebook that's have seen my ads. Um,
1: so it would be it would be fair to say that that's like the majority of your business is people just calling you.
0: Right, oh yeah, 100%, yep. Yeah, I haven't, I mean, I tried to do that whole like time block, let's pound the phones, follow up with all these people. And that's, that's just not, not my jam.
1: This is the Platform Marketing Show, where we interview the most creative and ambitious real estate agents in the country, dissect their local marketing strategy, and get the -the behind-the-scenes scoop on how they're generating listing leads and warm referrals. We'll dive into the specifics of what marketing campaigns are working for them, how much they're spending on those campaigns, and figure out how they have perfected what we call the Platform Marketing Strategy. This is your host, Tim Shermack. I'm the founder and CEO of platform. I love marketing, and I talk too much. So let's dive in. All right, everyone. Welcome back to the platform marketing show. This is Tim Shermack, and today I'm going to be interviewing Amanda Galindo. Amanda is a realtor, uh, kind of kind of near the Twin Cities in Minnesota, but not really in the Twin Cities. You're in like the Monticello area. It's about an hour away from Minneapolis.
0: Yeah, like 45 minutes.
1: Okay, yeah. So it, it's 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 kind of in between st cloud and minneapolis for those who are familiar with minnesota you know it's a it's a smaller community but you're kind of surrounded by larger metropolitan areas on on both sides so amanda in the in the county you're in how how large is how large is the county kind of overall that you work in
0: well i'm kind of on the north um side of wright county and between wright and sherburne county um monticello has around fifteen thousand people as far as the county goes, I'm not 100 percent sure on numbers, but it's not a super big county more, Okay, and more farm farming type community.
1: OK, and your your at your average price point over the past year has been around where?
0: Um, it's been around uh, 275 to 80 would be the average price point.
1: OK, so that's a that's a pretty typical kind of middle class American Neighborhood, you know, selling two hundred fifty thousand dollar homes, three hundred thousand dollar homes.
0: Right, yep.
1: Amanda, uh, I'm going to get straight into some substance and some numbers here because first I want to establish where you're at, and then I want everyone listening to this uh, podcast to kind of learn how you got to that point. Right. So, uh, Mm -hmm. what what was approximately your your GCI last year, and how many homes did you have to sell to hit that?
0: Um, so last year I sold uh, I had forty nine transactions, and I was just around twelve million GCI and then or actually, sorry, that was twenty nineteen. And then this past year it was fifty three transactions and just around fifteen million GCI. So my transactions didn't go up that much, but the GCI went up about three three million.
1: okay. and when we and when we say a uh, uh, fifteen million, uh, I'm assuming we're talking about sales volume, not GCI, because if you had 15 million in GCI, I think you should oh, be the yeah, one yeah. hosting this podcast.
0: <laughs> yeah. I wish I had 15 million in GCI. Yeah, volume. 15 million in volume. <laughs> that's awesome,
1: and 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 honestly, that's really impressive. Again, considering you're not selling two million dollar homes, five million dollar homes, you sold 15 million dollars of real estate via a lot of three hundred thousand dollar, two hundred fifty thousand dollar. Home. So there's a pretty decent amount of volume yeah. going you know and you don't have a big team. you know that's not you know you're not selling 15 million because you have five buyers' agents or something. What is what does your team setup look like?
0: So I actually um, I don't I don't really have a team. Um, I, I'm a single agent. I have uh, an agent that works with me um, who speaks Spanish. Cause I get a lot of buyers that um, will reach out to me because of my last name. So we've been marketing that for the last couple of years. Um, so it's, it's basically me running on those, you know, 50 plus transactions. And then about halfway through last year, I hired a transaction coordinator just to hand, handle some of the paperwork and stuff. So um, I'm basically doing everything.
1: Okay. And uh, what are you spending approximately right now every month on your ad spend?
0: Um, I want to say it's anywhere between 700 to 1,000, depending on how many listings.
1: So you have, uh, just to be clear, you've built a business where you're selling 50 plus homes a year and the marketing is more or less fueled by $1,000 a month or less in actual advertising spend, primarily going to Facebook and Instagram, I know.
0: Yep. Yeah. That's, I mean, like, honestly, all that's
1: phenomenal. All's
0: I have to do is just shoot my videos and, and the, the business comes.
1: <laughs> that's phenomenal. So how long <laughs> have you been a real, uh, how long have you been a real estate agent, Amanda?
0: Um, so I started in 2013. Um, I worked with a builder, progressive builders. That's actually, um, about the time, about a year after I met you, um, sold a new construction exclusively for two years, and then I branched out into existing market in 2015. Um, Thought that I wanted to build a team, added on a full-time assistant, and then I added on a buyer's agent. So that was, you know, I switched into the existing market 2015, added on an assistant 2016, and then I added a buyer's agent 2017. Um, And then, you know, kind of took a step back and Reevaluated what I wanted my business to look like and what I wanted my life to look like, um, and then I went back to being a, a single agent in 2018. So I've been doing it now for about eight years, and I've gone through the ups and downs, new construction, having a team, wanting a big team, and yeah, then deciding yeah. that I don't I don't really want that for my life. I, I want it something a little more simple. I want to have more one-on-one time with my clients, and I would rather have less clients um, and, and more relationships than have, you know, hundred, 150 transactions a year, driving myself crazy working 80 hours a week.
1: Yeah. You know, I, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm a picking up a little bit of sense of regret when you talk about building a team and hiring the people in the past, because you said that, you know, you kind of went back on that and you let them go. It sounds like now you're happier selling 50 homes a year, basically without a team because you're keeping all of that um, for yourself versus having to pay, you know, a huge payroll and feed and mentor. And I mean, essentially babysit a bunch of agents, because I know that that's often what happens when people build a team. This isn't always what happens. So I'm not, you know, of course, I'm not saying all teams are bad, but yeah. often what happens is if you build a team for the wrong reasons, essentially just because someone told you, you should build the team. And you think, oh, okay, that's, that's the next step. I guess I'll build the team. You know, you're going to end up just babysitting a lot of agents. And there's a difference between legitimate training and just babysitting, you know, agents who will probably never, probably never get it. So when you got to that point in your business, Amanda, what, what was the prompt? Like, why did you decide I'm going to build a team? This is the next step for me. Like what, what, what led you down that path and maybe what, what changed your mind? This is interesting to me.
0: So it was. Uh, I mean, I, I mean, I can talk about my brokerage, right? Like my previous broker. I mean, sure. I was with Keller Williams, and which I love. I mean, like they have a really good community, um, and I was drawn to the classes and everything that they had to offer. And I read The Millionaire Real Estate Agent, and which you know, is a they great
1: ha- book, by the way. It's a great book.
0: Oh yeah. Yep. And so they have, you know, this path to becoming the millionaire real estate agent. And, you know, you do this many transactions and now here's the next step. Now here's the next step. And, you know, I was in an office with a lot of other who I thought were high achieving agents, you know, they're like pushing and pushing and pushing. And so I I have this competitive side to me and I felt like, okay, I need to keep up. It's kind of keeping up with the Joneses. Sure. Okay, I'm here. I need to get here. And so there's a lot of pressure for that. And I had done like all of the, um, I don't even know, the 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 personality tests. I forgot what it was, what they called it. But it always said that I was never going to be a team lead or, you know, a mega agent. And I was like, what? I'm going to show you, Ron. <laughs> I'm going to be a <laughs> mega agent. <laughs> um, and, you know, two years into it and really just kind of driving myself into a hole, like super stressed out. I was running around you know, trying to get all of this business. And then I was passing it along to a buyer's agent and I had basically, you know, to feed two families and I was the last one to eat. I, it, the epiphany for me was, um, in July of 2018, I had, um, I had 11 closings, which was a lot for me. I think it was like the most that I ever had, but I didn't care because I knew and, August and September, I only had like two, three closings. And it was like, okay, right, now I just got caught up from the slow months of January, February, March, we're getting caught up. And now I, I still don't have enough to, I mean, I had enough to pay the bills, but it was like getting down to, it, it wasn't a comfort zone for me. With there, the money wasn't was like, there wasn't any sense of like,
1: there wasn't a sense of stability. Right. Of knowing you have a, you know, normalized pipeline. That's not just a roller coaster of one month I have eight closings and the next month I have two and the next month I have six, but the next month I have zero, you know? Right.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So it's a lot less stress for me. You know, I have my own personal goals that I want to hit, but like from a personal budget standpoint, I don't need that many houses to close, you know, sure. like, sure. and once you get all those banked up in there, now you have this big cushion of, of money that you don't feel that pressure and you can actually focus on, you know, doing the marketing, you can focus on working with your clients and not being stressed out. Like, oh my God, I lost out on this, you know, the buyer's fifth multiple offer deal. We can't find many houses. Like, what am I going to do? How am I going to pay my bills next month? You know, you don't have that additional stress. And in addition to that, like paying your own bills, but then trying to support another team member and a full-time assistant, you know, so it just works better for me and my family. I don't have any desire to have like build a, a big team ever again.
1: Yeah. You know, the the interesting thing about scaling and building a team, again, This the uh, the rest of this podcast episode <laughs> might sound like we're, you know, anti-team and that you should never hire or never scale. But I think the correct answer, which requires some nuance, is that it's different for every person. There are some people that have the mentality, um, you're just wired this way, that you might succeed, you know, building a brokerage. Scaling a team, you know, I actually just before this podcast interview with Amanda, I actually met with uh, a big national brokerage that's looking at scaling and selling more franchises. And they're looking at people who want to sell 500 homes year, you know, like a brokerage, that will do 500 transactions or a thousand transactions. And so the business systems and the mentality that uh, that allow someone to do that, I guess, are completely different than the local agent that wants to provide an above average income for their family you know make 200 dollars 300,000 a year in GCI but not have any of the headache
0: yeah.
1: of building a massive business because it's it's going to be different for everyone uh based on where you live and cost of living um and all that but I've found a pretty a pretty interesting trend is that you know assuming you're in a somewhat average American city right like you're not living in Seattle or New York City or San Francisco or something where the Yeah, cost of living is just sky high. Assuming you're in somewhat of a normal, a normal priced area of the country, you know, once you start making 150, 200,000 GCI, and all of your family's bills are covered, like you're, you know, if you're consistently doing 150, 200 a year, you're not really worried about money. Like you're not worried, oh my god, I'm not going to have enough money to make the mortgage payment, or we don't have, you know, money for groceries, or you know, at that point all of your expenses are covered, and you're probably socking away some money into savings and retirement, and you're probably, you know, uh, saving every year towards, you know, one or two cool vacations with your family. And when you go out to eat, you don't really look at the prices on the menu. You just order what you want, right? Once you hit that point, yeah, you can make more. Like, of course, you can go from, you know, 200 to 300,000, in GCI, because obviously if you're selling, you know, 15 million a year in real estate and you don't have a big team and a bunch of expenses because you're doing it by yourself, we can reverse engineer those numbers. We know that your GCI is over 300,000 a year, right? But what's what's the difference between 500 and 300 to your actual standard of living? <laughs> to, to most people, it's probably not going to change it all that much. You know, you're probably just going to save a bunch more right. for the future for retirement. but your, your actual average day is not going to change all that much and you know if you if you try to you know just kill yourself to get to that next level of, I'm going to build a team of 20 people in this massive complex uh, business, you can probably actually enjoy your life more you know selling 15 million of homes by yourself than if you tried to build a team that would sell 50 million or you know 100 million because it's a totally different type type of business.
0: Right. At that point. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. I'm like my goal this year was to go on a vacation every month, so I got I got all my vacations booked through May.
1: <laughs> and yeah. I just
0: I don't think that I would have been able to do that when I had the team. You know, there's a lot of pressure to like be be that leader too. So if I'm leaving every single month and just letting you know my assistant and a buyer's agent fend for themselves, I'm not leading by example. Or that's that's the pressure that I felt. Um, but I don't, I, I have somebody that can help me show houses if I'm gone and fill in for me. So I don't feel that pressure anymore. And spending the time with my family and my friends at this point in my life is way more important than driving myself crazy to do. Like you said, another, you know, five, 10, 15 deals.
1: Yeah. I mean, your, uh, your base is recovered. Your expenses are paid for you have enough money to, you know, like responsibly save and invest for retirement as well as take those vacations, you know, at a certain point in your career, I feel like you start to value time yep. more than money. Because if you don't, you're you're basically just working more to buy back your time anyways, you know, trying to hire people to do things, whether it's hiring a, you know, uh, some help doing the laundry at home or taking care of your yard or shoveling or Um, you know, doing your taxes and all the things that we can hire, hire professional help for when often the solution could just be, oh, maybe my business doesn't need to be that complex and I might make a little bit less money, but actually from a per hour perspective, you're making far more money, um, far much more because, you know, you're not working 80 hours a week or 90, 90 hours a week. So, uh, what. What built your business to this point, Amanda? Because I could probably talk about this all day of like the the new kinds of problems that agents hit, you know, when they start selling 10 million a year, 15 million a year, 20 million a year by themselves, right? Mm-hmm. But a lot of agents listening to this are probably selling one or two or three million a year and they're thinking, man... I wish I had those problems. You know, I I wish I was selling 12 million a year and my problem was not having enough time because right now I don't have enough money and that's more stressful. Mm-hmm. So uh, what, what built your business? Was it just sitting lots of open houses, networking? Did you pass out a lot of business cards on bulletin boards and <laughs> in local restaurants? Did you fi- do Facebook ads, billboards, direct mail? Like what built your business to the point that it's, that it's at today, what is the marketing game plan looked like?
0: Um, so it's always been, I've been pretty heavy in, you know, Facebook and videos since the beginning, since around, you know, 2013, 2014, um, networking and community. Like those are my three pillars of business that really haven't changed. Um, and I can go back prior to real estate when it comes to networking because I've been in different networking groups when I sold insurance and then you know there's people that I worked with 20 years ago that will come to me and ask me to help them with real estate stuff and it's because you know I they when I was building the relationship with them I was just a nice person like I didn't treat them like crap so they end up coming back to you so and that's that's really like my philosophy right now um is yeah, everybody can be a a potential prospect. They might use me, they might not. But at the end of the day, the relationship is more important than the paycheck. And if they don't work with me, they might refer somebody to me. But I would say that Facebook and video are probably the number one thing that I have to do on a regular basis for me to continue on the level that I have been. And then just being involved. I mean, like, networking and community stuff is that's kind of a long-term game you know yeah it it takes a while for that to build up
1: when you say networking and being active in the community can you give us some specific examples of of what you do
0: yeah so um well i'm I'm involved in the lions club um which is an organization that gives back a 100 percent of what they get and as a, a club goes back into the local community um so it's, that's always been important to me. I've been a part of that, um, club since 2015. I'm part of the local chamber of commerce. Um, I was a part of like other, like BNI biz to biz type groups, but that was prior to real estate. I never joined another group. I just will meet, you know, business owners and stuff for coffee, or I'll meet them through the chamber and, um, just connect with them on that level. And then, um, doing now we're doing like business like we'll do business highlight videos and um, market updates podcasts stuff like that so
1: so Amanda when when did you discover this this platform marketing strategy what has your what is your relationship been with with platform when did that start how does that factor into your marketing game plan
0: well i mean it's everything really <laughs> um so I've known Tim since 2014 like I said I started using the platform strategy um we did some different um ads on Facebook video stuff and then I thought like okay I don't need this anymore I wasn't really following up with the leads felt like it was a waste like on my end because I was just kind of letting the leads go silent
1: Oh man. Um, those, and I think that
0: was about 2016, I want to say, end of 2016, maybe. And then those were the good old mm-hmm. days
1: way back in 2014, 2015, where you'd set up a Facebook ad and leads would come in for like, you know, 80 cents a piece. And yeah. the problem was I have too many leads coming in because I just spent a hundred bucks and got 120 leads, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, so then I was trying to finagle it on my own for a, a little while. And then it was was summer of 2018 which I had already planned on contacting you back but you just called me out of the blue so um it's kind of meant to be I feel like Tim to come come back to platform (laughs) um I, I just I feel like the whole strategy on what we do with platform has ultimately built my business to where it needs to be it's it's the branding it's um I mean, even just with the the videos and stuff that we do with the business owners and different things, highlighting the small business community, um, it really it really sets yourself apart from pretty much every other agent out there because you care more about your community than you care about like just bragging about selling houses or I sold another one or you know <clears throat> it's just it's a totally different approach and. I mean, my, I don't, I really, I don't think that my business will be where it's at if I wouldn't have met you back in 2014, to be honest.
1: So when, when we say the platform strategy, Amanda, you know, for those who aren't familiar with, with platform marketing, let's say that you were talking to a realtor, like what would you tell them the platform marketing program is? Like when you say that, Hey, I signed up with platform marketing,
0: mm-hmm.
1: what does that actually mean? Like if if someone had never never heard a platform, when you say I follow the platform marketing strategy on like a monthly basis, what does that mean you're doing differently from other agents?
0: Well, you're shooting listing videos on every listing, um, market updates. So that's at a local business, you know, highlighting the business more than you're highlighting a market update. Um,
1: so what would that what would that video look like when you say a market update video? Walk us through specifically what you're doing when you go out to, you know, a quote unquote, filmy market update video. What does that look like?
0: Um, So I would just pick like a local restaurant um, and uh, I would have maybe a 15 second blurb on what's going on the market, you know, listings, days on market, all that kind of stuff. And then be like, okay, hey, check out this really good burger at such and such restaurant. If you, you know, like just kind of highlighting the menu items and I mean, the video is not more than a minute and a half, no more than two minutes. And then you're highlighting that restaurant getting, and you're able to get that out to your database and then you can retarget it and give, do a giveaway. I mean, we used to be able to do giveaways, but we can't do giveaways anymore. (laughs) Can't do anything with Facebook. Just kidding.
1: (laughs) I feel your pain. (laughs) <laughs> yeah I mean it's a kind of just a creative way to stay top of mind with yeah. your sphere and and with your leads you know yeah. uh filming filming these these quick videos so Amanda, what are some examples of some local businesses that you filmed these market updates at I mean are you filming them at auto mechanic shops? are you filming them at the dentist are you filming them at a coffee shop? I mean, what are some examples of like recent ones that you've done
0: um so this last month I did, Um, it's girl scout cookie time. So I highlighted one of the, one of my neighbors, she's a girl scout and she was selling cookies. So we just did a fun little video about her to try and help her sell some more cookies. Um, we also, I've done one at like a local, um, craft store place. It's like a really big deal in Buffalo. Um, they have occasional shops and stuff. So we highlighted that we did like a fun walkthrough of all the Christmas stuff that they had to offer for the holidays Um, I've done them at restaurants, uh, like local Mexican restaurants, pretty, I mean, I I feel like you can kind of do them anywhere that has interesting stuff, but more like food places.
1: So really it's like any sort of local business that you're just trying to spread the word about this local business Mm -hmm. and long-term that seems to be increasing the amount of like referrals you're getting in the sphere business or what is kind of the larger strategy going on there. Like why should an agent listening to this want to go out and start filming these small business highlight or market update videos? Cuz I'm I'm sure if I'm listening to this I'm like okay, what does that have to do with real estate? How is that helping you get listings or, you know, get more buyer leads? How does that actually fit into your realtor marketing plan?
0: I mean, from my perspective, you're when you're highlighting another business owner, you're putting the spotlight more on them, but you're always in that spotlight. So if you're doing you know twelve video, twelve market update videos every single year, your sphere is getting that. They're, you're staying top of mind. Your leads are getting that. You're also running the retargeting ads on Facebook. So your community is seeing that because you're putting engaging content and it's not just like, Hey, look at me, I sold a house. Hey, look at this new I mean, like the new listing videos can be fun, but I feel like you get way more engagement when you're doing a market update or a business highlight type video because you're taking that the camera off of you and you're putting on them, but you're just standing there on the sidelines and you're always in front of people.
1: Yeah, I think I think the proof the proof is that, you know, you're selling over fifty homes a year and you're only spending $1,000 or less every month on your Facebook ads. So I think that's the proof right there that what you're doing is working because, I mean, if you you just average that, I know that obviously real estate is a very seasonal business, especially in a place like Minnesota. So you're probably selling more in the spring and summer than you are in January, right? But uh, if you were to average it out over 12 months and get a nice, you know, even number, it's like, hey, 50 homes a year is four to five homes a month for 12 months. Uh, in a row. And so if you, if you think about it, like, well, if all I'm you know spending on the actual ads is, you know, let's say a thousand bucks a month on Facebook. And from an annual perspective, that's creating a minimum of four sales a month. That's an incredible ROI. So clearly, clearly what you're doing uh, is working. Have other agents in your area seen that working? Have you, have you had other agents like try to try to copy you or replicate what you're doing?
0: Not so much like in my direct community. I mean, I've definitely seen more agents doing like listing video tours, but I feel like you have to do that as an agent anyways, to kind of stay top of mind for your, your sellers and, and do them the best you can. Um, Yeah.
1: We're probably several years past the point. (laughs) Right. <laughs> where doing listing video tours is like innovative and cutting edge it's kind of right. like wait wait what you uh, you you didn't film a video of a listing i mean that would be the reaction i would have if i was a homeowner
0: yeah, but it, I mean, we don't have a lot of agents that film listen, video tours. I think the biggest thing about video and I had to to do it myself was just getting over yourself. You know, it doesn't matter what you look like in the video. That's what you look like in person. So just get over yourself. That's how you sound. That's how you look. And so um, there's actually not a lot of agents that do that. But there are some other agents kind of outside of my community that are doing some cool stuff, highlighting local restaurants. Um, but not, not really to the level that I feel like we do with platform because I feel like being with platform too, like there's a sense of accountability, you know, like if, if my account manager tells me, Hey, I need you to do this, this, and this, like I usually get it to her,
1: but and she. If I don't have and, somebody uh, like
0: telling me what to do sometimes I'm like, "Oh, okay, I'll do that next week or I don't feel like doing my hair today." <laughs> I don't want to take a picture. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. And she's a hard ass too.
0: I know, she is.
1: <laughs> so, what is what has been some of your favorite like retargeting videos Amanda that 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 you've put out to your sphere to, you know, stay top of mind, whether they have anything to do with real estate or not because I think sometimes the most effective video ads are the ones that just get, get personal. They're not even necessarily about what homes are for sale or real estate buying and selling tips. They're just creative ways to stay, to stay top of mind so that, you know, people think of you and not some other agent. Uh, What have, what have been some of your favorite videos that you've put out there in the last couple of years?
0: Um, I'd have to say my favorite one was the T-Rex listing video. um, When I dressed up as, you know, in one of those blow up T Rex things, and that's because Mitch put out a um, challenge, and I was like, "Ooh, I'm gonna get that! Like, I'm gonna go do that." <laughs> that was that was the funnest video that I've shot. But I actually really like the personal moment ads. They're not the videos. It's just where uh, you know the photos that we're sharing with other people, just to to have them get to know us on a more personal level. Those are my favorite. And then I have a new. I have a new karaoke one that I'm going to be putting together this week, so that that might be my favorite one.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so when you say when you say Amanda, a personal moment ad, uh, can you explain what that is? I mean, like, what would be an example of a personal moment ad?
0: Yeah, so I mean, I typically share I'll share things about my. Dogs, my pugs, because I love pugs, and that's something that people will tell me when they meet me for the first time, or that they can connect with me on that level if they like pugs. Yeah, um, you, I'll share things the pug that I've the pug done with my family, like a family vacation photo, um, things that I've done with my girls, um, just things that you'd you'd probably share on your personal Facebook page. Um, that I can share more and open up my life more to my my business page you know where they wouldn't necessarily get to know you on that level because you don't I feel like a lot of agents feel like they need to separate personal and business and from my experience people want to know you on a little bit deep, deep deeper level you know um I mean I've had people that I've never met before talk about things that I forgot I shared like um, one, one cust- or one client this past summer, she's like, oh, you have a pool. I want a pool. I'm like, how does she know I have a pool? And then I remembered, I shared a picture of my girls in the swimming pool when it was like May because it had been so warm. So it's kind of fun to share those types of things. And then, you know, you, they feel like they know you when they, when they first meet you.
1: Yeah. You know, a good litmus test for a successful ad, especially when it's a retargeting ad is is this the type of thing that I would actually post on my personal Facebook page or my personal Instagram page, you know, where it almost doesn't have anything to do with business. It's about you or your friends or your family or a recent awesome meal you had at some restaurant or a concert you went to or whatever, right? Like if, if you took your family to see Avengers on opening night, some, you know, at the local movie theater, taking a picture of all of you seated or standing in line for popcorn or whatever, And saying, I love seeing movies on opening night, you know, are you an Avengers fan or who's your favorite Avenger? Something like that, that there's, there's no like cheesy tie in to real estate, you know, like you're not making an attempt to make this look like it has anything to do with the fact that you're a realtor because it doesn't, right. Right. You're just trying to show people that, that, Hey, like this, these are the things I'm into, you know, and those, those often can work really, really well, especially in a in a retargeting context, so Amanda, of your of your business, you're selling 50 plus homes a year. What what percentage of that is typically coming from like cold traffic, lead generation, marketing versus what is coming from past sphere? Um, or can you even measure that with you know how much marketing and retargeting you're putting out? Uh, what is what does that ratio look like?
0: Oh gosh, I had that number figured out um, a couple years ago, but <clears throat> I would say just going off of memory from last year and the clients that I worked with, I would say about 80 to 85% is past client sphere, um, referral-based type stuff. And then okay. the other the other 15% would be cold, cold leads.
1: Okay. So this is actually really interesting to me because- when most agents think about marketing, you know, and you're in the platform marketing program right now, you know, we we manage all of your uh, a digital marketing for you. Like we edit all your videos and all that. Most people think that lead generation is synonymous with marketing. Like when they say that, oh, I hired platform to do my marketing. They kind of think, oh, platform must handle her her brand new lead generation, or all the cold leads, but Amanda's doing stuff, you know, with her sphere on the, you know, side and client appreciation events and, you know, pop buys and all this stuff. But that's something we do very differently at Platform that I think has helped helped our agents like like you become so much more successful. Is that we think that marketing is a much uh, a much broader, more holistic endeavor than just lead generation. Like they're not the same thing. Lead generation is part of marketing for sure, but marketing mm-hmm. isn't lead generation. And what you just said there, that that stat, I think proves this point that, you know, you're spending $1,000 a month on your Facebook ads and you're filming what, Amanda, typically two to three to four videos a month.
0: Yeah. Yep. Two to three, I'd say.
1: Yeah. And yet, you know, you said over 80% of my business is sphere referral business every year. So you're, you're leveraging videos and you're leveraging social media ads to get more referrals and to get more sphere business, not even necessarily because you're trying to generate a bunch of cold leads. You know, most people think that if, if I'm spending $1,000 a month on, you know, let's say Facebook ads, that they think 85% of the business I get from it is going to be complete strangers, cold leads coming in on my website that I follow up with them and I set an appointment and eventually I list their house or I help them buy a house. And then maybe, you know, 10 or 15% is the icing on the cake. And that's just, I get maybe some more referrals from my sphere who see my ads. You're saying that it's actually the opposite of that, that the cake itself is getting more referrals from your sphere and the icing on the cake is, and you might convert some new leads.
0: Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah. You're just, How, I, I mean, like I'm staying in front of them so much and even like with the community, you're staying in front of the community so much too, highlighting all the businesses and stuff. You see them out when you're at your kids, you know, whatever game, volleyball game or softball game or whatever. And you just, solidify that relationship a little bit more and so by continuing to stay out in front of them that's where you get those referral that referral business and repeat clients I mean I feel like referrals is that's what everybody wants I mean you don't want to keep chasing after the same thing every single year you want to like build that foundation so then it continues to grow every single year
1: yeah and I know that you know for you individually uh you know, travel and family vacations and memories are really important to you. I know that you guys had an RV, you did some camping, uh, you know, you you love going to the Caribbean and anywhere warm in the winter, right? Yeah. Karaoke in Naples. <laughs> uh, and you can't really do that if your entire business is like 80, 90% cold lead generation, because this is an important truth I think a lot of agents miss is that like, not every transaction is created equal, not every lead is created equal. You will spend far less time in your business if the majority of the business is coming from that sphere and that, you know, that uh, database, because you don't have to spend two or three hours every day time blocked to quote unquote, following up with leads, right? right? Like the people that are just spending three hours every day buried in their CRM, you know, sending follow-up emails, text messages, making phone calls, that, that, that works to be clear. It absolutely works. Like you will make a lot of money doing that, but it's not really scalable versus if your marketing is geared towards generating more referrals from your sphere and getting, you know, more warm business, you can actually scale that because you don't have to spend three hours every morning following up with those leads. Cause typically they just call you.
0: They're yeah. like,
1: Hey, I've, I've been seeing your videos. I'm, I'm, I'm ready to go. I think I need to list my house. Amanda, what's the next step? So how often does that happen for you every month where people just message you or they call you and they say, you know, more or less I'm ready to go.
0: I mean, at least three to four times a month. Like I I get at least a call a week from somebody that I'm either friends with on Facebook that's have seen my ads. Um,
1: so it would be, it would be fair to say that that's like the majority of your business is people just calling you.
0: Right. Oh yeah. hundred percent. Yep. Yeah. I haven't, I mean, I tried to do that whole like time block, let's pound the phones, follow up with all these people. And that's, that's just not not my jam. <laughs> like <laughs> it's so much easier when they call you because you've done all that upfront work. And yeah, like
1: you're, you're a marketing has warmed them up, yeah. versus you having to do a bunch of manual follow up by emailing and texting and then hoping they reply and using all these you know old school sales scripts of handling objections and trying I know, to get them i don't to want set to do that.
0: I never want to do that sometimes I feel. Like I had to like undo my mindset from being like that because I felt like I needed to be put into this box of like, this is what a real estate agent does. This is what you should be doing. And like, you felt all this pressure of like, I don't want to do this. This sucks. Like, and now two years, like after I kind of just went back to the basics of being just me, it, I, I almost feel like it's not fair, you know, because you do that amount of business and I feel like sometimes they really don't work that much. You know, I, I, feel, I mean, like I am working for my clients. I'm always looking for houses. I don't want to sound like I am just a slug, but I just, I, I'm, I'm not like that agent on the Facebook real estate groups complaining or actually boasting about, you know, working 80 hours a week. And, you know, I'm I, this is the first day I've had off in six months because yeah you're
1: like, Hey, uh, Hey everyone, I hope you enjoy your Thanksgiving with family. I'm pounding the phones today, calling expireds.
0: Yeah, no, I don't want to, (laughs) I never want to be that agent. And I feel like, I don't know. I don't know if there's like this image to keep up with, but I feel like agents really overcomplicate it because they feel like they need to like do all of these different things. And if you just simplify the process, you can create this very well oiled machine and uncomplicate your life and you can actually enjoy it. And it doesn't have to be, Oh my God, I hate real estate. I can't wait to get out of it or whatever. I mean, because real estate is fun. There's no, there's no other business that I can think of where you can make the amount of money that you do with a high school diploma, you know, like, you, you go and you take your your classes and, and you can build this amazing business and create this amazing life for your family. And I mean, I can't imagine my life not doing real estate, but I don't feel like it needs to be as complicated as other agents make it.
1: And I, I just want to emphasize this point again that you made where you know you're selling over 50 homes a year and yet- over 80% of that is in one way or another sphere business or referrals, but you're using your paid marketing to generate more referrals. Like yeah. you're not measuring the success of your paid ads, like your Facebook ads, your Instagram ads, et cetera, your uh, YouTube videos. You're not measuring the success of those ads by how many new leads came in, cold leads that I've never talked to before that now I have to follow up with. Mm-hmm. You are more so measuring the success of, of those paid Facebook ads with how many more referrals did I get this year that I probably otherwise wouldn't have received because I wouldn't be as top of mind with my database and my sphere. And because you did that, like because 80 plus percent of your business is, you know, warm referrals and is, is coming from your sphere, you have way more time in your life to hang out with friends and family doing the same amount of deals than someone, you know, who's doing 50 deals, but all those deals are coming from cold lead generation. Like they're buying Zillow leads or buying realtor.com leads because the same amount of transactions, one of them takes a lot more time if you're exclusively working with strangers because it's a lead that, you know, you got from an online portal. So you're both making the same amount of money doing the same amount of transactions, but one person is going to have a way better lifestyle. If those, you know, if those leads are coming from uh, referrals, referrals from your sphere.
0: Right. What have, uh,
1: what have been some of your Amanda in the last couple of years, some favorite family vacations that you guys have taken or favorite experiences that maybe you wouldn't have been able to enjoy if you were just locked in your office doing two or three hours of calling expired listings every day? Because I know that that is the model that a lot of people teach because it works.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah, it does work. You're right. Um, <clears throat> well, we went to Puerto Rico um, back in 2019, June, 2019. That was super fun. Um, that oh, was yeah, in that, June, which is a super busy month. Uh, that uh, that photo
1: was on the calendar that you yeah. printed, right?
0: Yep. Yeah, that one was on there. Um, and then, you know, we've gone on some couples trips with my husband and I, and we went with some neighbors. And now this year... We've gone to Mexico. I went on a girl's trip to Mexico a couple weeks ago, and then we're leaving for the Dominican in March for another family trip. So those are my favorite ones. Lest
1: anyone think this sounds excessive, Amanda lives in Minnesota, where it's it's necessary to escape to uh, the Southern Hemisphere at least a couple times a year so you don't go crazy.
0: It's non-negotiable. Like I've just like, that is built into my business plan for the year. And I have to go somewhere at least twice during the winter. Like this year is a little excessive, but it is what it is. Um, But yeah, I mean, the winter here is horrible. It's, it's, I I keep telling my husband, I need to get out of here. I'm going to sell the house. We're going to buy a camper. (laughs) We're going to drive around the country. I will move to a shack by the beach, like, and sell coconuts and homemade bracelets. I really don't care. Like I'll, I'll figure something out. I always do.
1: (laughs) That's funny. Um, what, what are, what are some of the ads that have worked best for you? I want to dive into some quick specifics of when you, when you look at the ad campaigns that you think have created the best results, whether that's measured in, you know, leads or clicks or engagement, or maybe just general awareness in the community. If you had like a video go viral or something Mm -hmm. looking back over the last couple of years, like what do you think are the marketing campaigns that have made the biggest difference in helping you, uh, helping you build your brand?
0: Um, I would say like the top, top one would be God made a small business owner. That was, um, that was huge when we like highlighted like 12, 12 different local businesses during the middle of COVID Um, it was really impactful and everybody appreciated highlighting them and and trying to support them during everything that was going on. I can't think of other ones that, I mean, there's always fun ones that we do for different holidays. There was like a 4th of July one that we did, I think like a Veterans Day ad, um, those ones that, that highlight that kind of stuff.
1: Amanda, if you were if you were starting over and you were a brand new real estate agent this year. I mean, like you had never been a realtor before, let's imagine. What would you do to build your business from day 1? Cuz I'm I'm assuming it might be a slightly different answer than what you actually did when you first got going, you know, 8 years ago. If you had to start over today from scratch because you had zero database, no leads, you know, didn't have a sphere, like what would you do to rapidly build your business knowing what you know now about how how marketing works?
0: Can I say just hire platform, like right away out of the gate, like invest that (laughs) money? (laughs) If I, okay, if I didn't have platform, I would would definitely be shooting like listing videos, uh, neighborhood community type videos, like highlighting different communities, if you're in like an area where there's lots of lakes, I would highlight the different lakes and like fun things to do around the lakes. Um, probably do a lot of open houses. I don't know. I think that's that
1: So you know, and
0: hire platform. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you said if you didn't have platform, so what does on like a monthly basis? You know, we already mentioned that you know you film some videos, for example. But what does platform actually do? Do for you? Like why, why do you think platform is an important part of that mix for you?
0: Well, the, the creative ideas, I mean, you're, you're, there's the thing I love about platform is that there's only one agent per community, you know, like per certain amount of area. So you're not competing with a bunch of other agents or like, I don't have any other agents around me. Um, But you have this community of agents from across the country that are also creative And they come up with some fun ideas in addition to what you guys put out as a company and, you know, like as platform. So um, I feel like the creativity and the different ideas and and suggestions helps a lot. Just being able to come up with some new content that you can offer and put out there on Facebook. But then um, the targeted ads, like building up your retargeting list. And I I feel like that's huge and, and building up that presence and your brand as an agent, because I don't, I I could figure it out, but I don't want to figure it out. Like, I don't want to figure out how to run Facebook ads. I don't want to figure out Facebook guidelines. I don't want to figure anything of that out because it would take me forever and my brain would hurt. Like, honestly, I, like I said, I I tried to do that for probably a year and a half or so, and things change so much that you can't, it's a full-time job keeping up with everything. Um, and then also, you know, you do get leads from platform. So from, from a cold lead perspective, like you're getting people that are opting in for different homes lists and stuff that you can nurture. And I mean, I'm closing, I'm actually, I have a showing today with a platform lead that I met in 2016. They're finally ready uh, well, they've kind of been ready, but now like last fall, they are ready. Now we need to find them a house and then we're going to sell their house. So it's a buy sell. And I, I got a platform lead the beginning of the year and um, I connected them with a seller and they are, they're closing next week. That was in January. So like you get the cold leads too, that you can nurture and turn into business um, with all the follow-up and stuff. So
1: So if, if, if Amanda, an agent joined platform, what would your advice be? Let's say they signed up today. What would your advice be to them to make sure they're actually taking full advantage of the platform marketing program and they're going to get the most results possible out of it?
0: I would say, listen to your account manager and shoot the videos, shoot as many videos as possible that they tell you to shoot and then do your follow-up. Like make sure that you follow up with all your leads and nurture those into buyer leads or seller leads or whatever. Don't just leave them hanging because I've done that before and it really sucks. (laughs) I mean, I do that all the time. Sometimes
1: (laughs) I do that all the time.
0: (laughs) Sometimes. Okay. I'm trying to get better, but it's just, I keep so busy with all the referral stuff that they just keep coming in. So from the listing videos, <laughs> yeah, and I think
1: I think that's actually a, a trend we see with a lot of of agents who join the platform marketing program is that if we can help them get more referrals and increase their business using their sphere, right? Like the agent doesn't care if the if the leads that are coming in are coming from you know, lead generation ads, or if we're just helping them get more leads from their sphere, it's like, well, does platform get credit for that or not? Cause it's like, well, who cares if your business is growing, you know, like if you, if you grow from 5 million to 10 million, or you grow from 8 million to 15 million at the end of the day, closings are closings, right? It's actually preferable if they're coming from your sphere, because there's less time typically invested in converting those leads.
0: Yeah, yeah. I actually had a funny story because, and like, she had never opted in on any homes list or anything. But she had a friend that had just been watching my videos. She wasn't in my lead list at all. That told her to call me, one of my one of my past clients. So this random lady in Monticello had been seeing all my videos, told this lady to call me, and I ended up, you know, finding a house for her and closing the deal. So there's a lot of that too. That's why I feel like the, the most important thing that you need to do is shoot the videos and just be yourself. Like whatever it is that is fun about you or cool about you or unique about you. Don't be afraid to highlight that and just be yourself. And if there's people that don't want to work with you because of who you are, then you dodged a bullet in my opinion. Like you don't, you probably do not want to work with that person anyways, because they were going to be a pain in the butt. And so just shoot the video, be yourself, and have fun. It would be my my main advice.
1: You didn't choose the pug life. The pug life chose you. I did. <laughs> so, Amanda, with your videos, one last question here. Uh are you are you hiring like a film producer to go out and film these videos? How much are you spending on video production? Are you using a cell phone to film the videos? Like, I mean, what level of commitment it was necessary to be filming these videos every month because I know that many realtors hear this and they're like, "Oh my God, you're filming two to three to four videos a month. That must be so expensive, you know, to have to hire someone to edit all those videos or someone to film all those videos." What does your process look like for these videos?
0: It's just my cell phone. I just use my cell phone and I send it to you guys so you can edit it. So um, it's not. Super fancy produce, but it's well edited and it's got the captions and stuff that it needs. And I mean, you guys do a great job editing it. I, I don't think I would pay for a full production company to do it because I feel like it. Then it it doesn't seem as authentic and real.
1: Yeah, and I think I think that's an important thing to point out that you know you you can build a very profitable. Real estate business. I mean, Amanda's selling here, you know, $15 million of homes a year by herself. You know, she doesn't have a big team. It's by herself is selling $15 million of homes and 99% of her videos are filmed on a cell phone, right? Like you're not going out paying top dollar, hiring a video producer to get gorgeous drone footage and fancy HD, you know, video of everything it's 99% is filmed on a cell phone. And that is driving a business that allowed you to sell over 50 homes last year by yourself. And so anyone who thinks that, you know, video is not achievable or this isn't a good strategy, unless you have a bunch of money to spend on video production, like that's BS. Yeah. You know, you've kept it simple and that's working because uh, people, people trust that this is an authentic video from Amanda. You know, she's not this distant Realtor who has this huge budget to spend thousands of dollars producing every video, and then you see that and you think, well, if she has that much money, how much time would I actually get from her if I used her as my realtor? You know, if she's that busy and has that much money coming in, um, so I actually think often having a more simple video that you film on a cell phone actually gets you better results.
0: Yeah, and the then I who- also I feel like if you overcomplicate it with the production and the video and the equipment then it just gives you more reasons not to do it. Yeah, exactly. Everybody has has a cell phone, like quick, shoot a video, quick, do this. You know, you can literally shoot a listing video in like 10 minutes, edit it all to, you know, like send it to you guys to edit it all together. And it's a nice video that puts that listing out on a silver platter. So thousands of people can see it and that house can stand above the crowd. I mean, that's how I present it to my, my sellers. So don't overcomplicate it.
1: What's what's the next, you know, video that you're planning to film, Amanda, or what is the next like personal moment ad that you think you're doing just so people can get um, a view inside like your creative brain of what's, what's coming up? Like, what are some videos you plan to film in the next week or two for your business?
0: So I'm going to do a market update video. Um, I haven't figured out where I was going to have it, but I think it's going to be some restaurant around here. Um, and then I am doing five tips for beginner karaoke singers. So I'm going to be doing that because cuz I like to do karaoke even though I don't sound really good. And um I have a couple listing videos that are going to be coming up. So I'll shoot those listing videos.
1: So it's a it's a solid mix of, you know, actual listing videos that are obviously relevant to the fact that you're a realtor and yep. you're selling homes and then a video highlighting a local small business. Um, with that uh, market update video. And that's something you do every month, right? So there's about yep. 12, 12 of those a year. And then just a stupid video that has nothing to do with anything. And it's probably gonna be really embarrassing for your kids. And it's <laughs> five five tips for karaoke beginners that again, has absolutely nothing to do with the fact that <laughs> she's a realtor. But if someone watches this and you know they realize that you have a sense of humor and you seem like you would be a cool person to hang out with on weekends, whether it's going to look at homes or working with you to, you know, sell, sell their home. That's the kind of video that builds that personal connection where, uh, it's like, cool. I just, I just want to work with Amanda. I know there's a bunch of other agents here too, but Amanda seems cool to hang out with. And if I have to pick a realtor, I might as well pick the most interesting one who, you know, looks like she'd be fun to hang out with. Right.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Well, I mean, that's what I try to be, the fun one, the fun realtor.
1: (laughs) Right on. Well, thank you for your time today, Amanda. I know that obviously if you're selling 15 million a year, over 50 homes a year, and you're doing that by yourself without a huge team, uh, time is probably your most valuable asset right now. It's probably the most scarce thing that you have. And so thank you for investing your time with me today. And I think this is going to be a really interesting, valuable podcast episode uh, for anyone who's joined us. So thank you for your time today. And, uh, hopefully, hopefully I'll see you soon.
0: Thanks, Tim.